This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 7, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Rent-seeking is typically understood as receiving benefits from the public by leveraging government power. But the Tullock Paradox asks this, why is there so little rent-seeking? At FeeCon, I spoke with Matthew Mitchell of the Mercatus Center about how we might resolve this long-standing paradox. What did rent-seeking look like when Tullock wrote his famous article, uh, 50 years ago, and also just for the benefit of our listeners, describe his understanding at the time of what rent-seeking actually was. Yeah. So 1967, Gordon Tulloch writes an article, The Welfare Costs of Tariffs, Monopolies, and Theft. And it's basically an examination of what happens when people expend resources trying to determine the allocation of wealth, either redistribute wealth or obtain some sort of larger share of economic surplus. So what did it look like? Well, as the title implies, he was looking at three things. Um, Tariffs, which are a redistribution from consumers to, uh, of economic surplus from consumers to uh, domestic producers. Um, Monopolies, which are a redistribution of economic surplus from consumers to producers. And theft, where um, people just steal stuff, right? And there's this crazy, it sort of seems crazy in retrospect, but there's this long-standing economic idea that theft is not economically costly. It's not socially costly. And the reason is because the, the gains of the thief exactly outweigh the losses of the person who had their stuff stolen. So Tullock's insight was people will expend time, money, and resources either seeking redistribution or trying to defend themselves from redistribution. So theft actually is socially costly because thieves will expend scarce resources trying to seek redistribution. They'll uh, harm themselves in the process of stealing your lunch money. Your nose might get broken in the process of having your lunch money stolen. You might have to pay for bodyguards. Um, So Following this, though, rent-seeking pretty quickly focused on government activity, using the government to redistribute. And I think that's appropriate. But a large uh, section of the rent-seeking literature has focused on political activities of firms that are easily measurable, things like PAC donations and lobbying. So a few years after Tulloch wrote uh, his famous article, he then, in a display of, I think, pretty awesome intellectual humility, wrote an article totally undermining it. And the title of the article is Why, why Is There So Little Rent-Seeking? Or it's, it's something along those lines. But it basically raised the what's known as the Tulloch Paradox. And it's the idea that the, the federal government, and of course the state governments combined, you could add to this, but governments control trillions and trillions of dollars. And yet the measured rent-seeking activity uh, lobbying and uh, PAC donations is like hundred, hundreds of billions of dollars. So why is it so much smaller? Um, so I think that there are some phenomena that are going on in the Trump administration right now that actually explain potentially why it's, uh, that, that help resolve the Tulloch paradox. And there have been various other explanations too. Okay, so if a rent seeker is not seeking government favor to direct resources their way, what are they doing in order to collect those rents? So, so one explanation of the Tulloch paradox, is, or a set of explanations, are 
uh, that you know they aren't rent seeking. That that it's it's true that it's that they're doing that that they're just uh, avoiding this activity. And there could be various reasons why. One is that there's there, there could be taboos. Um, maybe we have some cultural rules that say you shouldn't seek favors from government. Um, another explanation um, could be that there's taboos among government officials, that they don't view it as their job to pick winners and losers. Um, there are, of course, some constitutional rules uh, that try to limit some of this stuff, both at the state and the federal level. Um, so th those set of explanations basically say that they're, maybe they're not rent-seeking. Um, another explanation, by the way, that sort of falls in that category that I find relatively compelling is uh, it's possible they're not rent-seeking because they don't know how. So business people are, many of them know how to uh, navigate the business world, but the political world is very mysterious to them. And I think it's quite possible that some political outcomes are not really um, determined by the, the, the logic of a rent-seeking contest, but instead are arbitrary. So the example I usually tell, I, I usually go to with this is, um, I think it was Uday Hussein was in charge of the Iraqi Olympic uh, Commission. It would be pretty irrational for your, basically anybody else in Iraq to spend time, money, effort lobbying Saddam Hussein for the job of chair of the Iraqi Olympic Commission, right? Uh, it's the, pretty obvious. The benefits have been assigned. Exactly. They've been assigned and you're not going to you're not going to win in that game. So, ironically, we have this bizarre, strange trade-off. Notice it's it's more efficient if people we don't we don't waste as many resources if people in Iraq don't seek this privilege. But it's also horribly arbitrary. So, and you could even think about um, examples of rent extraction where government is is pulling wealth from people. And sadly, you know, throughout history, rent extraction is sometimes arbitrarily targeting particular groups. Slavery is rent extraction. It doesn't make a lot of sense for a bunch of white people in the U.S. Uh, South before the Civil War to spend any resources trying to make sure that they didn't become slaves because the laws were set that they were never going to become slaves. So you have this bizarre trade-off between terrible waste associated with competitive rent-seeking games and terrible inequity associated with more efficient rent-seeking where pe people are just arbitrarily assigned uh, rents or have rents taken from them. In the sort of traditional, how we model rent-seeking, it's typically an auction of some benefit and everyone who wants a piece of that pie has to pony up. And if you don't pony up, you definitely won't win. But even if you do pony up, you probably won't win or you might not win. Mm -hmm. And so it's not guaranteed that even though you put these resources towards securing some benefit, it's not clear that you're going to do it. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, if you think about trying to ingratiate yourself with a politician, there's a lot of ways you can do it. You can donate to their PAC, um, you can lobby. Uh, but and you can approximate these things with basically just thinking about um, the, the uh, politician auctioning off the rent to the highest bidder. But here's the interesting thing. Once you donate to a PAC, you can't undonate. 
once you lobby, you can't unlobby. Once you ingratiate yourself to a politician, you can't uningratiate yourself, although Marco Rubio seems to be trying sometimes with uh, Donald Trump. So in, in some sense, what you're describing is uh, a stream of payments that once you start playing the game, you don't get to stop playing the game or you'll suffer more than you would had you never played the game? Yeah, so you're, you're in a situation where, okay, I've already invested you know, thousands and thousands of dollars seeking this privilege. Uh, my competitor, who is also seeking the privilege, has invested a few thousand more than I have right now. And it's rational, actually, to not let those sunk costs affect your decision. Those sunk costs are sunk. You're never going to recover them. So at that point, even though you've invested lots and lots of money in this, it may make sense to continue to invest because the marginal investment might put you over the edge relative to your um, competitor. But what does that mean in the aggregate over the long run? Well, it means that people can sometimes invest more money seeking the rent than the rent is even worth. And that, that's also true, uh, even more true in the aggregate when you add up all the investments that people have, have made. Um, and then you get into some tricky stuff. It's actually, it's not a, um, in, the, in the game, there's not a pure strategy, Nash equilibrium. It's a mixed strategy where people basically uh, flip a coin in their head about whether they're even going to play the game or not. But we don't need to get into that. One of the things I would point out, just, you know, just sort of uh, thinking in the basics, it's bizarro competition. So, you know, there's like, you know, bizarro Superman where up is down and black is white. In normal competition, the more people you add, the more efficient it gets. In a rent-seeking competition, the more people add, the more the rent is dissipated, the more likely it is that you are wasting resources. So it's a really bizarre type of market. So we think of uh, a large corporation supporting a regulatory regime because they are equipped to deal with it and their smaller competitors are not. And we can see that as a form of, mm -hmm. of rent seeking. Mm -hmm. And it also makes their future rent seeking more efficient because there are fewer people uh, participating. Uh, yes, they can drive competitors essentially out of the rent seeking market uh, and it makes it um, Less likely, ironically, that there'll be social waste in that case, uh, even though it may seem more inequitable to us. So it may be it may be more stable. So over the long run, there the some of these not particularly competitive industries, and I think some of your research and other research has shown that um, the extent to which companies are uh, ingratiating themselves with government, they tend to be less nimble, less dynamic. Um, uh, but you're you're following on with that, yeah. Um, so there's some interesting research by a political scientist who uh, is not really coming at this from a public choice perspective, but I think it really sheds a lot of light on this. His name is Lee Drutman, uh, and he had a book out a couple of years ago called "The Business of America Is Lobbying," and. He takes a deep dive into just the political activity of lobbyists and firms. And one of the things that he finds is the more a firm lobbies, the better it gets at lobbying. So there are in increasing returns to, to rent seeking. Uh, now, he didn't draw this connection, but when I read that, I thought this is really fascinating because line that up with the um, theoretical models of rent seeking, 
and you find an interesting result. It turns out that the circumstances under which wastage of, of total rent-seeking waste is likely to be largest is exactly when there are such increasing returns to rent-seeking, that the more you do it, the better you get at it. It's in those types of situations where you're most likely to have what's called over-dissipation of the rent, where more people are investing time, money, and effort seeking the rent than the rent is even worth. So how does the Trump administration uh, resolve this paradox of uh, rent-seeking is a can be a profitable enterprise, and yet given the amount of money that the federal government hands out more and more every year, there seems to be a little of it. How do they resolve that? So I think there's two, they, they resolve it in two ways. Uh, one way they resolve it is through this channel of uh, basically rent allocation being arbitrary. Um, I'll, I, Trump is supremely unpredictable. Um, he does seem to favor those with whom he has longer connections, it seems. Um, you know, he's surrounded by, by close associates and, and family. Uh, I think a lot of businesses would likely look at that and say, I don't understand how to play that game, and I'm not going to invest efforts in trying to do so because it, it seems like the outcome is, is really hard to predict. Well, that, you know, that's not all to the bad necessarily. No, not, no, it may be a, um, it may be a, a, uh, you know, an unintended good consequence. But I said, notice there's this trade-off. We're still handing out rents. They're still in this in the business of allocating privileges. But you you have a trade-off between, you know, wasteful, inefficient rent-seeking and arbitrary, inequitable, but but comparatively more efficient rent-seeking. So that's one explanation: is he made people may not be seeking rent as much because he seems arbitrary. Uh, another explanation is people are seeking rent, but it doesn't show up in measured rent seeking. Um, and what this gets at is that, okay, yes, firms can lobby, yes, they can donate to PACs, but there are other ways that they can ingratiate themselves to politicians. They can do, they can change their business models and do things that politicians like. And I think the classic example here are military industrial complex activities where you see firms um, building, uh, you know, assembling military equipment in 218 different locations around the country because that will mean that they hire pe people who are also voters in 218 locations around the country, and that ingratiates themselves to politicians. Uh, another example would be, um, you know, all of the all of the um, requirements that policymakers put on uh, businesses that are receiving target economic development incentives, you know, okay, you know, the, the state of Texas will give you uh, several hundred million dollars if you locate your firm here. You need to hire at least uh, several hundred people and invest several million dollars. Now, a politician looks at that, and they see that as a benefit. We're going to make them hire people and invest. If you're thinking about it rationally from a business perspective, costs are costs. Those things belong in the cost column. The real benefit is whether the, the firm creates useful products and services for consumers. 
and you actually want them to make those useful products and services in a way that conserves our scarce resources. So you want them to do so with as small of investment by hiring as few people as possible, by being as efficient as possible. Um, but uh, policymakers are, are quite confused about this uh, and have been for a very long time since uh, you know Bastiat, of course, talked a lot about this. Um, so those kinds of activities where firms are ingratiating themselves to politicians but not through necessarily PAC donations or um, you know, lobbying, I think may explain a lot of what's going on, a lot of the Tulloch uh, paradox, that no, actually there is a lot of rent seeking, it's just not so obvious. Matthew Mitchell is a senior research fellow at the Mercatus Center. We spoke at FECON in June. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. 